Hey there, thank you so much for checking out a Big Time Talker podcast. I'm Burke Allen, live in our studios in Washington, D.C. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, SpeakerMatch.com. SpeakerMatch is the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner and you need a speaker for an upcoming event, go to the virtual marketplace and find a great one at SpeakerMatch.com. This is a very special episode of the podcast today. If you're a regular listener, you know we have new episodes that drop every Tuesday, and they're available on all the big platforms, Apple, uh, iTunes, and Spotify, and uh, iHeartMedia, everywhere you get podcasts. And we've spent a lot of our summer episodes uh, broadcasting from Chicago at the American Library Association's annual conference and exhibition, and we've interviewed a ton of New York Times bestselling authors about their incredible books and their incredible adventures. And today's guest is a, a longtime friend who I've known for over three decades who just lived an incredible American adventure. How many of you have ever thought about just walking out the front door with nothing but a backpack and a smile, hopping on that Harley and riding across America? Well, that's exactly what John Gore did. He set out to see the country this way uh, for himself for the first time ever. And uh, a month later, has returned, and we're going to talk to him about it. Welcome home, John. Well, thanks. It's good to be back. So you and I have known each other since we were kids, and we both grew up in, in southern West Virginia, um, and we both had, had motorcycles or mini bikes as kids. And, yeah. and now, all these years later, you've done this big cross-country trip. But I want to, I want to peel back the onion to those childhood uh, days. Do you remember the first mini bike or motorcycle you had? Oh, yeah. I had a uh, 1976 Suzuki TS-80, uh, and it was terrible, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot of fun, you know. Uh, it, it, it did much better going downhill than uphill. Is that what you're saying? It, it did. It, it sure did. It, it, it ran half the time, you know. How uh, old were you when you got that bike? Uh, about nine years old uh nine maybe 10 i don't think i was 10 yet uh i could barely hold it up you know a little 80 i was on my tiptoes but uh that's my dad had found it somewhere and i was aggravating him for a motorcycle and he had made a trade for it and that's what you got you know so i was tickled to death with it it just you know it wouldn't run half the time but I think later on they got me a brand new Honda CR80. Uh, that's when all the uh, broken bones started happening. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, growing up in in Appalachia like we did in those mountains, yeah. having having wheels meant freedom. And if you didn't have that, you know, th there was no subway system through Greater Southern <laughs> West Virginia. You know, no no public transit there. This was the only way to get around. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate to have all those uh, places to ride as a kid. Uh, you know, being in Florida, they, I, I think, I, you know, I see kids with dirt bikes. I'm like, how do they, where do they go? There's, yeah, yeah there are we no mountains, a, no old logging yeah, trails to explore. That's yeah, right. Yeah. We had a wilderness of, uh, you know, railroad tracks and trails up mountains. It was great. As as uh, as folks get older, and I was one of those guys. I had a bike into my twenties and thirties, and then in my early forties, I sold my last bike. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that happens for for a lot of us. But you sure. didn't. So why was it different for you? I uh, you know I went without a bike uh, several summers. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, all the. Uh, Every springtime, I would just lose my mind. You know, I would hear a motorcycle. I, I don't know. I just, I love it. I love the ride. Um, you know, you just, you can't get, it's, you know, they call it wind therapy and it's kind of, <laughs> it, you know, it's cliche, but it, uh, it really is. You, you know, you, you get out and you ride and the wind's there and you forget about your problems and you feel like you're flying or just, I love it, and I can't hardly do without a motorcycle. It took me a while to convince my wife that I needed another one, but uh, uh, since then we've been through two. So <laughs> now I'm trying to convince her I need another one. 
she says, uh, why do we need another motorcycle? And I said, well, we have plenty of room in the garage. So I like the way you think. Yeah. I like it. Right. John Gore is our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast. We can talk about his uh, cross-country bike trip uh, all the way out and back from South Florida. When you relocated from West Virginia to Florida, and you can ride down there 12 months out of the year, uh, do you? Do you ride more now that you're there? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, you know, like you said, wintertime is the best time to ride down here. July and August, on the other hand, with the traffic, uh, it's like riding in an oven. Like you said earlier, it's, uh, yeah. it's ridiculously hot. The traffic is horrible. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes you can get out in the country and you smell the orange blossoms and it's really, really great. But uh, uh, not so much when it's really, really hot. But the rest of the year, you know, about 10 months a year, I ride quite a bit. So before we talk about the fun stuff, I have to ask you about uh, the other end of the coin. And and there are a lot of people who are listening to the podcast who uh, I'm sure look at motorcycles and they see danger and they mm-hmm. see you know accidents and they see uh people that get uh you know handicapped for the rest of their lives and all that um yeah. what say you to the people who say there's no place for those those machines on american roads well you know there's no guarantee there's any safety anywhere you know uh so the way i look at it i think uh you know not being an idiot and being, you know, paying attention to what you're doing, watching other people, um, you know, wearing good gear, all of that kind of uh, keeps you from, you know, protects you as best you can. And that's kind of what you got to do anywhere, right? I don't know. A lot of people that get killed in cars and hurt in cars and, you know, fall in their yard and get hurt. I, I guess I just think, you know, Bad things can happen anywhere if, if you know, you, you have to prepare yourself for the occasion that you may come off the bike. That's where the good gear comes in. Uh, you know, and do the best you can to keep yourself safe and try not to worry about it so much. But I've always have been you had any serious spills? Have you, uh, have you laid I, a bike down and, and gotten hurt? I have not laid a street bike down. Um, uh, many dirt bikes I've laid down. Uh, of course, I was a lot younger and a lot braver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> More pliable. Right, right. Yeah, I bounced better, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> like, I said, like I said, I broke some bones when I was younger on motorcycles. Uh, but, you know, street bikes, I, I, you know, South Florida is uh, crazy roads, and you have to – you have to really watch everyone else, um, anyone in a car. You just have to figure, you know, they can't see me. I have to watch for them. So if, you just have to be hyper aware all the time that people can't can't see you, people won't see you, or, or people don't care. If you're, <laughs> so, you know, you, you just kind of stay out of everyone's way. Don't force any issues. Stay in your lane. Don't cause any trouble, you know. Um, until you get out on some roads where you're in the open and no one's around and then you can have some fun, you know, you, uh, you can't be seen right now because this is an audio podcast, but there are lots of folks that think of, of guys that ride motorcycles as long haired rock and roll hippies that wear black and constantly get into trouble. And I'm here to tell you about John Gore that he kind of fits into all those categories. Um, <laughs> Right well, I try not to get in any trouble anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm guilty of all the rest. For sure. All the rest. So yeah. what, what would you say, though, to people that say, eh, you know, it's it's a bad element, those bikers? Oh, I would say go out and talk to them because uh, in my experience, they're some of the greatest people I've ever met. You know, they're just out just like me to have a good time. And I'm sure there's a bad element, but they're isn't there a bad element and every part of society, you know, uh, well, not here in Washington where we have politicians, they're all right. Like, right. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, I misspoke. Uh, I didn't think of DC. Yeah. You, uh, you chronicled this ride across the country on social media and, and there were tons of folks who, who saw that, but for people that didn't, 
let, let's go back to to the inspiration for the ride. So, what made you want to do it, and how long had you been planning to ride cross country out and back? Well, this particular trip, I've I've been, you know, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to cross the country on a motorcycle. Um, never had a you know the opportunity until recently, and then I started thinking about it and putting it together and trying to figure out where I was going and. Uh, I think I've always been like that as far as, um, you know, I bought kayaks one time and uh, decided that, uh, you know, I just wanted to keep going. And a friend of mine, actually the Bill Hill, my buddy that went with me uh, on this trip, he got in a kayak with me and we did the entire Guy and Dot River back in West Virginia, all the way to the Ohio. Um, kind of did the same thing I, I don't know what's wrong with me but i, I know that uh, you know there's, there's something on the other side of the horizon and i just want to keep seeing what's you know uh, i think it took us uh six days and we went from rd bailey all the way to ohio and camped along the way and had a good time it's kind of the same you know the way I think I, I just I always need to be doing something like that or thinking about or planning, you know, the next adventure. Um, this is a little bigger than the Tom Sawyer on a kayak down the river. Although, you know, <laughs> six days yeah, behind is. our river is a thing, but this is, you know, over 3000 yeah. miles across the country. Right. Well, it's always got to be bigger and better. You know, you got to top the last one. Um, my son lives in uh, Seattle and uh, or Tacoma actually and uh, he uh, I haven't got to see him in a while he was in the army and uh, uh, you know we're as far apart as you can be in the lower 48 and yep. so I, I you know I thought <laughs> there's your opportunity you know you need to go see your son why not do it on a motorcycle you know so that's kind of where that's kind of what brought it all together was I get to go see my son and hang out with him for a little while. Um, Most normal people, John, would say they're airplane. <laughs> and I can yeah. get on in South Florida and I can get off at SeaTac <laughs> in Seattle in four and a half hours. And here we are. But right. right but no, yeah. for you, it was two weeks to get there. You know, airplanes are dangerous. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know where's the fun in that? You know, I, I get to see a lot of things on the way. Uh, you, you know, did. ride a motorcycle so that's so so you said that you went with your friend bill hill um mm -hmm. yes another west virginia boy and yeah and did he at first say you're nuts and there's no way that this is going to work <laughs> or was he immediately uh i'm in let's go I, uh bill and i've been buddies for years and years and he's always been the guy that just goes uh you know all right man let's go you know, it don't matter what kind of crazy idea I throw at him, he's game. So I knew he was the first guy to, you know, I was like, hey, man, I'm planning a trip across the country on a motorcycle. What do you think about that? When we leaving, he said. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing up for today? Um, <laughs> right. So what, what, when you say I'm planning a trip across America and back on a motorcycle, I, I can't even really wrap my head around what that planning looks like. I mean, what, what's the <laughs> first thing you do when you plan that out? Well, I wanted to know how far do I, will I get in a day, you know, what's comfortable, what's too much, what's not enough and you know, how much time I have. And originally I had 21 days and and it turned into 26 days uh uh so you know you you got a lot of miles to cover i think we did 8563 miles so i have to break that down into how do i fit that all into 21 days and i'm sorry you know, how many miles did you say 8563 8, miles is what we did wow so, in 21 or 26 days, we crossed 20 states. So, uh, how many miles per day on average did you try to, to ride? I try, I started out with, uh, we left Florida, I think we did it close to 500 miles the first, you know, per day, the first two days. And then, you know, once we got to Texas, we, uh, we, we slowed down a little bit. There were things we wanted to see and, 
places we wanted to go. Um, you know, I wanted to get to uh, my first big stop was Roswell, New Mexico. And, uh, uh, you know, everything after that was like Disneyland to me. It was just, you know, I hadn't saw it. So it was the desert, the, the environment changed. But we tried to do, uh, we averaged probably 300 miles. We had one day that was 716 miles because I was trying to get home. And we rode all night uh, until we couldn't ride anymore. <laughs> Found a place to sleep. But we averaged about 300 miles, 350 miles per day. And try to fit in, you know, what can we see? We really didn't plan. The only plan I had was, you know, I got 21 days. I want to go to L.A. I've got family in L.A. and I want to get to Seattle and see my son. And what can we see on the way in that direction? So every morning we would get up and go, OK, what what do we see today? And, uh, you know, this is 250 miles away. Let's go see it. And then we'll put some more miles on and find a place to sleep. <laughs> That's basically how the whole thing worked. And when you say find a place to sleep, because uh, I, I followed this online. You know, you and I are the same age. We're not kids, but you you camped a lot of the way as opposed oh, to yeah. a hotel. It was about probably 50% camping and the rest was in hotels. Uh, but, I, you know, good gear again. You got to have good gear. I had a great sleeping pad. Listen, when you're our age and you ride 350 miles and get you something to eat, uh, you can sleep pretty much anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take a lot. No, no, no. I got, but I got good camping gear, and I got, uh, you know, a good sleeping pad, a good bag. I carried a pillow, which makes a great backrest, and uh, I slept like a rock. I never had a problem sleeping. And uh, uh, a lot of times we would be late, like uh, you know, we visit the Grand Canyon. We were there all day. We couldn't find a camping spot, so we had to grab a hotel. So that's that's kind of how it worked out. Uh, what do you carry with you? Statement. You talked about your sleeping pack, but what, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just you and a motorcycle. You you weren't pulling a trailer, right? There was nothing right. like Right, right. So was so everything I, on you in your saddlebags and on a backpack? Yes. Uh, I had a large pack on the back and I had two saddlebags and everything, everything I needed was in those except for my sleeping bag. And I got a waterproof uh, bag for it and just strapped it on top. So um you know i had cooking cooking gear uh could, we could cook at camp i had uh you know a tent a small tent and a sleeping bag I, what i did was i uh, went with uh, backpacking stuff so you know traditionally lighter and smaller and you can carry a lot more turns out i took too much uh there was some things i, I didn't use and you know you live and learn <laughs> I won't you overpacked with two bags in a backpack, you overpacked. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's. I took too many clothes. Uh, we stopped about every three days, and you know, in a hotel, and would wash wash our clothes and get everything packed back up. But uh, I had probably eight sets of clothes, which took up way too much space, and um, yeah, I didn't need all that. So I think three sets of clothes would have been fine. I just read an article about uh, the, the most frequent flyer in the world. He's a multi-million miler. And he says, you know, I never check a bag. I always just carry on because every town has a laundromat and a place to buy clothes. Uh, that is exactly right. That's exactly right. If you need something, you can get it. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. Well, not always in the middle of nowhere. We crossed Wyoming and Wyoming, we went for 160 miles and did not see anything except yeah. wilderness and a, a two-lane road and uh, so there are places where you can't get things but yeah and the few and far between john gore is our guest today he just completed a month-long ride across america over 8500 miles on his bike um what what kind of bike do you ride <laughs> by the way i ride a, a, a 2021 indian uh indian challenger uh, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great bike. Give me no trouble. I had to get one oil change, you know, 
buskin oil change every 5,000 miles. And I had to do one oil change in Arkansas. And, you know, no problems whatsoever. Great bike. It's designed for exactly what I was doing, you know. It was it's a touring motorcycle. How long did it take you just to ride out of South Florida to get out of the state? Because that is such a long state. That's a day and a half, two days by itself, right? <laughs> it seems like it. Uh we went to uh Bonifay the first day from Bradenton, which is uh I think it took us about six hours of riding. We were of course, you know, well, on a motorcycle, you can always, you can look at your GPS and it says, you know, five hours, five hours to here. But on a motorcycle, you have to get fuel, you you know, you stop and stretch. So you can always add about two hours to whatever the GPS says. Uh, so first day out, we were about six hours and we found a camping spot uh, in Bonifay, Florida, which is just uh, west of and north of uh, Destin. So yeah, it's a big trip, big, big, big miles just to get out of Florida, especially if you go up and then across the Panhandle on I-10, which is what we were doing. How much of it was, you mentioned I-10, how much of it was on the interstate versus on uncrowded country two-lane roads? Well, like I said, I was antsy to get to get out west. So we did the interstate right out of but right out of the gate. And uh, so we did interstate until we got to Texas. And then in Texas, we started, you know, I just set my GPS for no interstate. So we just hit back roads and, <clears throat> um, you know, discover a whole lot of, you know, beautiful country. And, you know, everything, if you stay on the interstate, everything looks the same. Right. I don't care where you're at. It's just the same thing over and over. So as soon as you get on the back roads, you start seeing these these ranches and horse horse ranches and farms and just beautiful countryside. So I tried to stay I tried to stay off the interstates as much as possible. There were times we had to get on them for a while, make up time or or to get to a certain place. Um, but for the most part, I stayed off the interstates. I love it that, that one of your first goals was to get to Roswell, New Mexico to see the little green men. <laughs> yeah. I've always been fascinated with that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I had a blast. I, I think Bill was just looking at me funny, like, what, what are we doing? You know, at me. <laughs> like, come on, man. It's, <laughs> this is where it all happened. You know, the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Uh, now, could you and Bill communicate with one another with some sort of radios or headsets while you're no, right? I have all that gear, but I opted at the last moment that I didn't want to have to be fooling with, you know, getting it charged. And, you know, when I knew we were going to be camping, and I just, uh, it was going to be a full face helmet. And I wanted to wear my smaller helmet, open face, and just for comfort. And, I decided not to take it. So, no, we weren't communicating other than, you know, waving at each other. Hey, you got to stop. Bill's bike got a little less gas mileage than mine did. So, he would always run up beside of me and take off. I knew he needed gas. So, we would hit the next exit and get some gas. And, uh, that's how we communicated. And no mechanical problems from your bike. What about his bike? None whatsoever. He was on a 2009 uh, Harley Davidson uh, Road King, and he got a great deal on that bike. He got it for I don't I don't remember what he paid for it, but he um, it, it had really low mileage. The guy taking care of it, so he really he had it's a lot older than my bike, but he had about the same mileage on it when we left. So and they did great. I mean, we run run them ragged, and we had no problems at all. When I uh, when I was watching you leaving Florida on this trip, I was mm -hmm. a, a little surprised that, and this was in June of this year, that you chose to go the southerly route first right. uh, in one of the warmest years in our planet's history. <laughs> I thought to myself, self, why did he not go to the north and go that way? So well, there was, was a decision to, to go through Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi when it's 100 degrees every day. 
Yeah. Well, I figured a month later it was going to be even hotter, you know? So I thought I would do that first, get it over with, and then come back a more Northern route and uh, maybe get out of the, the heat. And it worked out well because it was cold up North. We, uh, we had to put on a lot of clothing from after leaving Seattle. Seattle was abnormally warm when we were there. Right. And, uh, but once we got out and hit the, uh, the mountain pass to get to, to the uh, uh, east side of Washington and Idaho and Montana, it started getting cold. And we were, uh, <laughs> we were bundled up. So we had that all the way back until we hit Georgia and then it started getting hot yeah. again and then of course Florida is, is we're only 12 miles from the sun here so it's pretty <laughs> hot so. <laughs> one of the things that I, I miss the most about the days when I rode um, as silly as it sounds is the smells that are around you when you're on a motorcycle to me <laughs> you're a part of the environment that you, in a way absolutely. that you're in a car when the windows are up and you're looking at things through a windshield. So yes. tell me about sort of the, the smell of the open road while you're out uh, there, both in the, you know, the southerly route and then northerly coming back. Well, uh, you're absolutely right. That is, that is a big part of it. You, you do, you feel part of it. Um, the smells range from, uh, you know, flowers in the desert, believe it or not, these, we could smell they just, it was smelled great. And I think it was Arizona and, um, you know, the ocean along Pacific highway, you, you know, just awesome. And then coming back, it was not so pleasant because it was all pastures and cows and the things cows leave behind. And uh-huh. there were stretches where it was pretty bad. You know, I was like, Oh, farmland. Lovely. For another yeah. thousand miles. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you went through the whole gambit of uh, you know, smells for sure. And, and, and in deep. Texas, we we talk about Florida taking forever to get across. How long did it take you to ride across the state of Texas alone? It took us two days. Um, first day, I think, our first stop, we actually, we, let's see, we come from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And we ended up in College Station, um, Texas. Um, I think it's home of the Aggies. Uh, yep. But but uh, we uh, and then the next day took us out all day getting out of Texas. You know. Actually, no, no, we stayed another night in Texas. We went to Post Texas. <laughs> uh, we were, you know, riding back roads, and then we were looking for something to eat, and we found a place called uh, on the internet called Moose Knuckles. <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, we got to go try to that. Moose. We got to go to Moose Knuckles, you know." So we went there and uh, had a uh, a Lone Star beer. Everybody was like, "Hey, you got to try the Lone Star beer. It's great, and you know, it is. It's a really good beer that you can't get anywhere except for Texas." And, uh, All right. Uh, it's very good. And then we stayed, we stayed in, I think Brownsfield or Brownsfield, Texas, um, the next night at a little, at a hotel and then on into Roswell the next day. So it was two full days riding across Texas. Yeah. Just I did back, some work in El Paso and, and you look at El Paso and it's not close to anything else on the planet. <laughs> right, right. Can't get there from here. Um, That's exactly the way all those little towns are out there. You hit a town and then there's nothing forever. And then there's another little town. And then a whole lot more nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. As I watched you online in in the videos, I saw your skin get a little redder, you know, pink (laughs) and red and then leathery. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I wonder... Look, I'm a big believer in, in America. I think this is the greatest country on the planet. Uh, and I've been to a bunch of them and I love the people here, but mm-hmm. I wonder how much you may have gotten or didn't get sort of the side eye whenever you guys would walk in, you know, <laughs> strung out and beat up from the road and yeah, petty yeah. and dirty and looking rough. And, you know, I right. teased you earlier, but you've got 
you have a long beard and a mustache and you look like a biker, right? So did you yeah. get the side eye a lot whenever you would stop in places? Uh, not a lot, but it did happen. I had a few children run from me, you know, oh, scary man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for the most part, people were great. I mean, really, they were uh, all across the country. I talked to so many people. Uh, everybody was nice. Uh, you talk about America being great. Everybody talks about the troubles, but you know, in my trip, my experience, it seems like we're all right. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody's pretty nice to each other. I think we didn't run into any kind of problems. We did. Well, we did have one uh, guy that was probably, you know, experimenting with some math or something. He was, uh, he was, uh, he came up and, you know, I couldn't understand what language he was speaking, but it was math language, I think. But, <laughs> you know, not a big problem. He went away. But, uh, you know, for the most part, like I said, everyone we met was incredibly nice. They were all interested in, wow, you guys are doing what? <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Yeah. Sure. How far it was. And we got a lot of that. And everybody treated us really well, you know, despite how we look. <laughs> There's a, I think there's a whole lot more in this country that brings us together than drives us apart. Um, oh, I totally agree. I agree. It, uh, I think people spend too much time on finding what's wrong with somebody else and just leave people alone. That's my rule. <laughs> That's good philosophy. I'll take it. Yeah, um, just leave people alone. So after uh, you get to New Mexico and, and Roswell, then it was to the Grand Canyon and eventually to, to California. And how many of these places had you been before versus how much of this country had you never seen before, except mm. on TV? Oh, most of it I hadn't seen before, except on TV. Um, I have a lot of family on my mother's side that live in Los Angeles and or Southern California around Los Angeles. And uh, <clears throat> I had been out there. I actually lived out there until I was about two years old. But so I I stayed connected with these people, this distant family over social media and all that. But I haven't I hadn't been out there. You know, I technically I had. But at two years old, I, I didn't remember any of it, you know. Sure, sure. And uh, so. Yeah, it was all brand new to me. That's why it wasn't so important to me to plan out an exact route because any route was going to be new, you know, it's right. going to be someplace I hadn't been. So I didn't care as long as it was going west. That's that's how we're going, you know, and uh, it worked out really, really well. When you finally got to uh, to Seattle, Tacoma to see your son, you've been on your bike for how long at that point? Oh, I think it took us uh, six days, I, I may be wrong, uh, six days to get to Los Angeles. I saw some family there, had dinner with my cousin Janine, who was awesome. I hadn't saw her in 40 years. Uh, and then we moved up the Pacific Coast Highway. Which must um, have been stunningly beautiful. Stunning, absolutely. We had lunch on Santa Monica Pier, you know, I saw oh, yeah. the beardy, dirty bikers and we fit right in, you know, with all the beautiful people. Uh, yep. Yeah. Right. Right. And, <laughs> uh, we fit right in. And then, uh, we went on up to, uh, to Cody. So I think it took, um, I think it took six more days to get up to, uh, Seattle, uh, six or seven days. The only time we ever left the coast is we went to Yosemite. So we had to go inland to Yosemite and uh, then back out, we come back out to the coast and on up all the way up the Oregon coast and through the redwoods, through the redwoods, camped in the redwoods. That was a big item on my list. And uh, there is something about the redwoods that is just amazing. The, the quiet, you can, you can feel that you're among ancients, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just an amazing place. The Those trees, some of them are older than, you know, they were, they were growing before Jesus was born. You know, that's incredible to me. Uh, they're just, it's just, there's something about that area that's 
It's magical, you know. I really, really enjoyed that. I'm going to ask you about your man card for a minute, but at the end of that quest of 14 days of riding across the country and you finally see your son for the first time in years, <laughs> I want you to describe that to me. Oh, it's, it's always good to see my son. He, uh, he is such a smart kid. He's such a, you know, I say kid, he's not a kid. He's a, he's a warrior. He's a soldier. He, he did uh, two tours in Afghanistan. Uh, he's a he's a full grown man, you know, and he is uh, he is no joke, <laughs> but a very in, highly intelligent guy. And uh, just to see him and and uh, you know get to hang with him again, other than on the phone, uh, it was it's just indescribable. It's you know I'm a pretty big family guy. I love love to be around my family, you know, and uh, and he's always so far away. Like I said, the military kept him so far away and. <clears throat> And he decides that he wants to live in Tacoma, which is, you know, about as far <laughs> as you can get. Yep. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, I didn't get to see him a lot. So, yeah, it was absolutely, it was great. Great. I got to meet his wife. I had never met his wife. Other than, wow. Like I said, on the phone. And uh, and she's a, she's a sweetheart. And uh, I think he did really well. And he, uh, yeah. yeah. It must yeah, have been I mean, an emotional thing. Oh, it's very emotional. Always emotional when your kids are away from you for too long, you know? Yep. Uh, but, uh, what, you know, uh, he, what about that ride back through Wyoming and Montana? You know, I've spent some time in Montana. I've driven all across that state and you talk about, you know, wide open spaces and big sky country. Mm -hmm. It is all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it really is. Um, we actually, we went, you know, east across washington we crossed idaho i think we mostly camped through there we didn't get a hotel and then we we were in a, a pretty decent chunk of uh, montana and then we headed south to go to yellowstone and uh, yellowstone on fourth of july is probably not a good idea so, probably a bad move fourth uh, of july weekend rather and uh yeah, so we I didn't get to go all the way across Montana, but a big chunk of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, like you said, wide open spaces. But to me, the, what stood out was I come through, you know, Yellowstone's Yellowstone. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. But we come out of, uh, coming south, we come out of the park and we went, right into the Grand Tetons National Park. And to me, yeah, that was my favorite. We rode across the the uh, Continental Divide, come south, and the, just the mountains, you know, you're, it's 80 degrees outside and there's snow on the mountains. It just blows me away. And, uh, you know, the animals. And we come through a road there, <clears throat> leaving the Grand Tetons, and we come through... Uh, uh, Tagwadi Pass, which okay. is uh, 9,600 feet. And we see a storm. We know the storm's coming, and we're trying to figure out, does the road go away from this storm? We did a lot of that, dodging storms, you know, you because out there you can see it forever. Right. And uh, so you just kind of route yourself around it, hopefully. And we thought we were, <laughs> we were routed around it. So we bundled up a little bit, put some rain gear on and started over the pass. Like I said, it was a 9,600 foot pass. And as we top over the hill and come through one or two curves, a hailstorm hits us. Oh, and there is, there is nowhere to go. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> you're just in it, you know? And then you start thinking that this is probably, not, uh, we should have probably checked the weather. <laughs> I'd suck me in 2020 and all. So the road gets covered with ice and then it turns to rain pretty quickly. Thank God. And, uh, we, uh, we kind of toughed it out, just inching down the mountain real easy because the roads got ice on them. And, uh, of course we're wet and cold at this point and there is nothing for miles and miles and miles until we finally get into this little town and get dried off and put some, you know, dry clothes on and, but it was uh, that was probably the toughest part. But 
it was also amazing. <laughs> You're kind of pitting yourself against, I can get through this, you know, this is, uh, and that's what I like, you know, so. I love that. Thanks for a great story. Well, that's right. Yeah. It, it, and you didn't, you know, lay the bike down in the ice. So no, that, no. the story would not have been as good. Not as good for sure. Yeah. Did you um, see the, um, of those really sort of cool, cheesy roadside attractions, you know, like where we're from, uh, every time I go back there, I have to go to the mystery hole in Anstead, West Virginia. Were, were there yeah. any you know, <laughs> mystery holes or largest uh, ball of twine in the world or any of that stuff? I, you know, I feel like I dropped the ball on that because uh, I wanted to see so many of those. Uh, uh, and for some reason, our route, we didn't we didn't really see a lot of that. Um, settle for the Grand Canyon and the Grand uh, yeah, Yosemite. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, Joshua Tree also, which is amazing. Oh, wow. uh, and also, uh, that's where my good buddy John Hammond lives, who gives us a place to stay for the night. And uh, man, yeah. Joshua Tree is just amazing. You remember John? I remember John very well from yeah. our hometown of Logan. That's great. That's great. Yes, yes. Prevail upon yeah, it for a warm meal. We had come through Vegas and uh, crossed Death Valley and got to uh, Barstow, California, and I had posted that we were in Barstow. And John pops on there and he says, hey, get on 247 and come south for about two hours. You'll be at my house. And I was like, I thought you lived in Kansas. And he's like, no, I live in uh, 29 Palms, man. I was like, no way. So we, we jumped on, went to John's house and got the shower take over his house his wife was gone so it was almost like high school again you know so, uh, <laughs> we had a good time and he took us around showed us his business and 29 palms we got to go on the marine base there and, uh, of course that's what his business is he he does business with the marines and he uh uh yeah got to hang out with an old buddy that i hadn't saw him forever on the other side of the country you know that's great what a yeah, great trip buy that yeah, yeah. What yeah, uh, yeah. overall, you said you know the people were, were kind to you along the way. Mm-hmm. Give me a snapshot of of the American people that you met, and you know how different they were in different parts of the country, and and you know the similarities. Give me just sort of a snapshot of, of who you met out there. Well, you know, accents are a thing. Yeah, I yeah. have a terrible accent, and uh, depending on where I'm at. Uh, if I go home, my accent's really good. You fit right but in. If I go anywhere else, you know, uh, people don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, you know, we met uh, we met a uh, a guy at a gas station who was an ex marine who had uh, got wounded in Iraq, and uh, he he was a motorcycle enthusiast. He was also a Navajo Indian, and. Uh, we we talked to him for a very long time, and he told us all about his war stories, and, and she, you know showed us his scars, and, wow. and told us how much he loved this country, and you know, and I had never actually met a Navajo Indian before, so uh, he was telling us all about the area, tribes that used to be there, uh, just a great guy. We also met, uh, we found a little hotel in the middle of nowhere because uh, we couldn't find a place to camp and we uh, rang the bell in this office and nobody's coming and I thought there's nobody in here finally this little old lady comes out and I get to talking to her she's 101 years old and she's run this hotel for 65 years or something like that Wow! runs it by herself and it's just a little hole in the wall hotel few rooms and uh, she she found out we were on motorcycles and believe it or not, she was so excited about what we were doing. And, you know, she told me she had been there forever. I talked to her for a long, longest time, just the sweetest little lady, Uh, you know, someone you wouldn't expect to get excited about motorcycles, you know, sure. One years old, she's running a business, you know, it's amazing. Um, That's really, I love it. I I love it. That's, that gives you a great cross section of of, uh, of our country. Wow. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what are the big takeaways? You know, what did what did you learn, and what what do you think you're you're going to remember about this trip the most? 
Oh, well, the main thing I learned is I want to go again. Uh, <laughs> wow. Do you really? You want to do it again? I, would, I want to do some, something similar. But uh, I, the biggest takeaway for me is that this country is absolutely beautiful. And I mean, every single part of it, it has its own beauty, you know? Um, like we would be crossing through um, a forested mountain range and, you know, you top a pass and you come down through the tree line and then it's like somebody drew a line and then just drew a line and like, okay, no more trees. This is desert now, you know? Mm-hmm. That that happened over and over and over everywhere we went we would run into places where sudden just suddenly the entire environment changed you know and to something completely different that was shocking to me i i, I wasn't i wasn't prepared for that i was like you know i figured it would be a gradual thing and then you know but it's not like that at all it's uh in california done i've done that in california several times you know you come southern california's desert and you know, and then you get into grasslands out towards Yosemite, it's like just golden grass. And then there's a line and suddenly there's trees and mountains and it's insane. Um, but the I, I think just the beauty of the country, just how beautiful it really is, is how amazing this country is, you know, is something that I wasn't prepared that that would be the thing that stood out, you know. Uh, You'd see the photos of John's cross country trip uh, on Facebook. Look up John Gore in uh, yeah. Bradenton, Florida, I guess. And and also, uh, I should mention, by the way, you uh, uh, when you're not out touring the country on your motorcycle, you play bass <laughs> guitar in a pretty popular band down in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, yeah, Aurora Five. Um, we're a cover band that plays around all around the you know Central Florida, Tampa. Uh, we're still a rock and roll band, you know. There's not many of us left. Uh, we we play play quite often. We've had two months off, which is why what uh, what catapulted my trip. You know, it's like okay, we've got two months off. I'm going on a ride. So uh, we start back in August. I think August. Uh, I'm not sure. First week of August, we're back to playing and. We play, like I said, all around all the all the bars and you know places uh, around this area. <clears throat> a lot of fun. There's a website yeah. for the band too, right? Yes, uh, Aurora5band.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Aurora Five Tampa Bay. Uh, that's five the number, not don't spell it out. Uh, uh, but you can find all our information on that. Also, go tonight.com in the Tampa area. You can find all our anywhere we're playing. And uh, we're pretty good fans. So come check us out. And, uh, and when you do, you can ask John about this incredible adventure across America. 8,500 miles out and back from Florida to Seattle. And, uh, and you can see all the photos online as well. Hey, man, thanks for spending some time with us and telling us your story. No, no thanks, Bert, for having me. That's Always my friend good. John Gore, and, uh, and what an adventure he had. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast. New episodes every Tuesday, thanks to speakermatch.com. Now, go out there and, like John Gore did, make it a great day. Bye, everybody. Better girl, we had a few drinks, and I told her what I decided to out the window a long, long moment and she looked into my eyes She didn't have to say a thing
alone on a mountaintop Staring out at the great divide I could go east, I could go west It was all up to me to decide Just then I saw a young hawk flying And my soul began to rise And pretty soon 